0: Welcome to Traffic Karma, the podcast that inspires you with tips on how you can deal with traffic in your life, literally or figuratively, and how to navigate it smoothly so you can pay it forward. In my new podcast series, I'm welcoming a variety of new guests who have taken the road less traveled and are inspiring others in their lives and businesses. Today, I'm excited to introduce Jabari K. Smith, author, mentor, entrepreneur, and athlete. Jabari's professional experience has comprised six years of working with student-athletes. He is the author of Life's Playbook, 11 Plays to Success. Life's Playbook was written to give student-athletes a blueprint of how to become successful in life by using sports principles. Mr. Smith is co-founder of More Than an Athlete, a nonprofit mentoring organization for student-athletes. He holds a master's degree in organizational management and leadership development at Springfield College and a Bachelor of Arts in Human Development and Family Studies from Texas Tech University, where he also played defensive back on the university's football team. Jabari's purpose is to equip student athletes with the ability to navigate their goals into reality by teaching life skills using sports principles. Jabari will discuss more about how to successfully translate Principles for Success on and off the field.
1: I am super excited to welcome Jabari K. Smith to Traffic Karma today. Jabari, how are you?
2: What's going on with you today? How's everything?
1: Hey, hey. Enjoying beautiful LA here, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. This is actually one of the first in-person that I've done in a while, which is awesome. We are here in beautiful West Hollywood. Yes. Enjoying and the California weather, yes, right? Yes. Yes. In a beautiful Belmont, um, which is right here in West Hollywood, as I said. So, love this. Um, so, super excited to talk to Jabari today. He is an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, a mentor, former pro athlete, pretty much everything out of the sun. Jack of all trades.
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all trades. I'm trying to master one of them though, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So as you guys know, um, this podcast is all about inspiring you on the traffic of life and, you know, taking those roads less traveled and doing cool things with your life and your business. And so one of the things that really stuck with me when I met Jabari was the fact that he has used his greatest obstacle to become his greatest triumph. And I'm paraphrasing here, but what's the exact quote you use?
2: I think that was. I think you hit it on the mark. Yeah, you got it. Actually, I use my 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 greatest uh my greatest obstacle as my no. I said my greatest obstacle as my strongest tool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what.
1: Strongest it tool strongest triumph, tool. but yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. We got it. So, um, super excited to talk more about that as a theme, right? Yeah. Using your greatest obstacle mm-hmm. to become your biggest success. Absolutely, yes.
2: absolutely. And you know, my my main uh, missions, or what I want to pretty much educate everyone on is the fact that I let people know that they already have what it takes and so sometimes you know life will bring you back to what you know just to show you what you didn't understand and as as us humans we're always trying to look forward we're trying to progress and we're trying to make ourselves better and sometimes we feel I guess you can say one isolated two Uh, not knowing what direction to go, but sometimes we just need to take a few steps backwards and be like, whoa, I already have the tools based off of my past experience. Let me just use this new tool that I have to get me further. And so those are the things that I like to, you know, educate and help people identify.
0: I
1: think that's amazing, right? Because we already have the tools within us. I think that's such an important point because I think a lot of people just are thinking, how do I get to that next step, right? What do I do to advance myself? There's so many things to, like, media, all these things coming at us, telling us, Absolutely. but it's right inside ourselves.
2: Absolutely. You're, you're, you're totally right. So if I can kind of dive in a little bit of my background. So uh, Pasadena uh, native, so I'm here from Southern California. Uh, At the early ages of 13, I got the opportunity, a wonderful opportunity, opportunity of a lifetime, as a matter of fact, to attend a boarding school in the middle of nowhere on a 42,000-acre ranch called Orem. And at that point of time is when I also fell in love with sports. Uh, I played basketball, football, and ran track, but specifically football was my heart and my love. So, two things that happened to me that year when I went to ORM. One, I was thrown in the most culturally diverse environment ever, literally. My roommate, uh, my first roommate, John Jang, we're still brothers to this day, was from South Korea. I had roommates from Pakistan, Austria, Germany, you name it, all parts of the continent. So, here I am, 13, and I'm learning how to adapt and adjust uh, rapidly. So that was one tool and experience I learned. And then, as I mentioned before, the sports, being competitive, learning how to win, learning how to lose, learning how to you know be on a team and just grow and work at something. And uh, sports uh, allowed me to play collegiate football and then professional arena football. Now, I'm pretty sure people are starting to hear stories coming up how Uh, athletes are struggling with transitions and and things like that, and I was one of those. Um, I finished my career in 2008, came back home in Southern California and got into the job market, and that was the most horrifying experience I ever had because I didn't two several things. One, I didn't know what I wanted to do that was going to be just as fulfilling as running out of the tunnel playing football. Uh, Two, um, I didn't know who I was as a person because this entire time I was Jabari Smith, the athlete. And then three... I didn't even know how to market myself if I did find the next thing that I wanted to do. And you know, when you're struggling with those, those things, uh, athletic identity and, and things like that, it, it leaves you in limbo. And we all know that idle time is the devil's playground, so I, it, it left me in a deep depression. Um, because I had to figure that out, not to mention I'm back in the environment that I left and my community is looking at me like, hey, what happened? I thought you were gonna be the ones that make it. So just that struggle alone. So in order to survive, I was forced to rediscover who I am and how did I get to this point and what can I use from my experience? So back to the beginning of our conversation, I had to use my obstacles (laughs) you know and turn it into my number one tool so I did what any person would do if you were lost and trying to figure it out I went back to school further my education and that's when I took that time to do study not only on myself but just you know my culture as far as in me being african-american male and me being an athlete and I try to put all of those things together and that's when I came up with like okay not only am I going through this, but there are going to be millions of other athletes that are going to experience this in the future. So let me use my pain and my experience to help the future athletes navigate. And so that's how you have Jabari K. Smith and who I am now.
1: Oh my God, I love this journey. There are so many rich nuggets in what you just shared. So I just want to touch on a few of those. I think one of those things is you got out of your comfort zone, right? So you were literally thrown in an environment where you didn't know pretty much any of these people around you and the boarding school aspect and all these people from all these cultures but that became an advantage because then you were able to move and shift in those environments and be able to adapt and I think that's so key right we have to be willing to adapt Um, the fact that it was that idle time you called the devil's playground. I think that is so well said, because it is that time where we're left to those thoughts and yeah. you know that negative self-talk that tells us we can't Absolutely. do it, yep. or we're not good enough, not or good whatever enough. Yep. it is, right? Yeah. And so literally utilizing that and saying, no, I refuse to stay in this place I'm going to do something better, not only for myself, but to help other people. Absolutely. And like you said, using that pain, but for gain, but for other people too, to help them.
2: Exactly. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. So you have to experience it. Um, And like I said... uh, me being an ex-athlete that is the first thing we learn like if it doesn't hurt then it's not worth it I mean from working out and I played a contact sport so you know just pain was involved with that and the problem and it took me until probably I was the age of 30 to understand that like okay that's on all aspects of life. You have to experience some form of pain, whether it be physical, emotional, psychological. Now, it doesn't have to be trauma, yeah. but some form of pain, you know. Uh, 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 I'm able to adapt to physical pain by me being an athlete, but the... The hard part for me was adapting to emotional and psychological pain and just the discipline of doing something else in the same way that I was able to be disciplined in sports. And that was painful because I'm like, okay, I have to search for a new passion, a new calling, and a new profession. And in order to be good at that, in this very uh, highly competitive environment of Los Angeles, I was like, I'm going to have to go through the pain process of mastering my craft. And that's going to be painful not to mention I, I struggled with being I guess you can say um, confident yeah. in other aspects of my life outside of sports so that was just a painful process within yeah. itself you know me telling myself I can do it I I mean I am smart I am capable of doing something besides sports yeah. that was very painful
1: <clears throat> I think that's so well said again and I think that pain that brings that success and that gives you that perspective is so important. So I want to ask you, how does one, cause I mean, that physical pain, right? We all experienced it. You know, you've gone to the gym, whether you've been an athlete or not, it's like, ah, uh, that physical pain might hold you back. And you're like, oh, I'm sore the next day. Okay. We, we experience that in our bodies, but we also experience emotional pain in our bodies absolutely, too. Absolutely. So I think that's where it can become even more painful than a physical pain cuz you can get rid of that physical pain. You can't
2: get rid of the yeah. physical pain, but it's hard to get rid of emotional she and psychological can get that emotional pain. pain. Exactly cuz it's constantly reminding yes. you as you experience things through the world. Like hey, I mean, I have scars all over my body. But they're not paying for it anymore. Yeah, they remind me, but it doesn't have that big of an effect on me as me failing at something or right. being humiliated or, or, or something like that. So, yeah, it's much harder to get over that. So
1: how would you advise someone who's working through something or a transition or that idle period, for example, just in general, how to overcome those emotional roadblocks?
2: That's a great question. Um, and it's not a, a, a one-answer you know, this is not one answer to this question. It's, it's several things. I think the first thing is really fully identifying what it is that you're going through and why. And the next, and, and I explain this in my book, is um, master the art of being part of a team. Um, that was the environment I thrived in in playing sports. So in regular life, when you're going through pain and you need help, you need your support system. You need people that's going to hold you accountable, and people that are going to support you and people that's going to point you in the right direction that care about you enough so that they want to see you do well. So that's another step. Um, Two, being comfortably uncomfortable. Knowing that, hey, I'm vulnerable right now, but, but, but accepting that that challenge him saying, okay, but I'm going to go forward anyway, even though I'm vulnerable. And in sports, that's what we learned. Uh, my my position on, in football was I'm a, I'm a cornerback, so I had to face receivers that were either fast or as fast as me, and I was put in compromising positions to where I can always be scored on. So I was always in a vulnerable position. So I had to be comfortable being yeah. uncomfortable. So so that's one. Um, the third is is – controlling your emotions. See, our experiences really are the things that dictate our emotions, whether it be positive or negative. So understanding the emotional journey that you're going through, identifying that, but then at the same time, checking it because your emotions can hinder you from moving forward. Um, Pretty much your experience and how you react to those experiences are the things that either gonna move you forward, keep you stagnant, or, or move you backwards. And so just under understanding all of those different nuances on how to move forward is collectively what helps. I,
1: I love I like that. No, it's it brilliant. So really there's like three to four things in there that you said, so it's, I'm gonna try to recap this. And, and basically one is identifying, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, like where is that coming from? Absolutely. That support network around you the fact that you don't have to play into those emotions that are coming at you. Yeah. Comfortable with the uncomfortable. Comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, yes. what else, is that it?
2: Um, those are the ones you, you touched on. You use the team, Oh yeah, we use team. emotion in a, te- yes. in a team. Yeah, your exactly. support system, yep.
1: I think those are all incredible tools and it goes back to the beginning of when we started talking which is those tools are all within us.
2: You already have what it yes. takes. Yes. And you don't have to be an athlete to possess those tools. It's just sometimes playing sports, it forces you to work that muscle on a consistent basis. But you don't have to play sports to have a team. Like, your, your family, your, your close friends, your network, that's your team. Yes. Um, you being comfortably uncomfortable, you don't have to play sports to do that. Right now, i give you a perfect example. You and I meeting, how we met is through social media. That is an uncomfortable environment (laughs) because you don't know. I don't know how you're going to perceive me and vice versa. But we knew that we needed to make a connection based off of, you know, the things that we put out there in our energy. So we said, hey, I'm going to just be uncomfortable because this may end up good.
1: Yes. As it
2: is doing right now. So it's those things. So you don't have to be an athlete. And my whole, my journey right now, my purpose, what I'm educating people on is those tools that I learned from sports, but these are, like I said, universal principles, universal tangibles that you can apply.
1: Yeah, I love that. Speaking of tangible principles, and you also alluded to this, you have a book. I do. Yes, Life's Playbook, 11 Plays to Success. Yes. I love that title, and I'd ask you, too, when we met, what about the 11 is significant? But I want you to tell us more about the book.
2: Yes, so the book is really... It's really the meat and potatoes of this conversation. Um, I, I give you the, the backstory on how the book came about. So it's, I think I started the process early, maybe 2010, 2011. Um, I'm in my master's program, and I'm rediscovering who I am. Like I said, as Jabari, the, the athlete, the African-American, the man. And from there, the idea, along with my cousin, we said, listen, we're going to start a nonprofit called More Than an Athlete where we're going to mentor student athletes to give them the tools to be successful by utilizing sports principles so that they don't never have to experience the heart and pain that we had to. So we started that program, and I remember just mentoring these kids and them really gravitating to the message. And I also remember kids being funny with it, and I was like, you know what? It's only just me and my cousin right now it's millions of kids that need to get this message. So I was like, I need to get it out to the masses. Yeah. And so I sat down one day, and I was just thinking. And I was like, just going over everything I know and everything I've learned from, like, one of the, uh, from the great coaches that I, you know, played under, from teammates, and just the culture of, of sports in general. And I was like, wow, I learned a lot of valuable, you know, principles yeah. and tools. And then I just started writing. Everything I learned that, that I apply now, and it started out as 18 uh, plays, but then I condensed it for, for a couple of reasons. One, a lot of the principles were redundant, so I was like, I can kind of package it up into yeah. one. And then two, understanding my, my audience and attention span, I had to make a quick read for them to be able to pick it up, read it for an hour or two, put it down. And go from there. So that's how the concept came uh, came about. So there's 11 plays, and they all range from one controlling your motion, stepping outside your comfort zone, uh, the value of teamwork, self discipline, uh, being accountable. Uh, it's, it's 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 more <laughs> to it. More, more, so you gotta get the book. <laughs> uh, you gotta get the book. Yeah, yeah. You got you definitely gotta get the book. But um, what's unique about the book? Um, is uh, one. It's a short read, like I said. It's about 102 pages. But uh, other, the the other thing that makes it uh, unique is. It's uh, interactive, so after each chapter, I ask a series of questions so that they can apply their real life to it and, and, and move forward. And the book, not only, even though I'm giving them these 11 plays, I'm also sharing my story, my journey with them, so that they can be able to identify. And I talk about times when I failed, and I also talk about times when I succeed, so that they can get both you know, uh, perspectives of it.
1: I think yeah. that's so important those perspectives too because yeah. it's not like, oh, I'm this superhuman right. I did all these great things, yeah. but I'm human yeah. and these things happen. Absolutely. And success is always going to happen and so is failure and yeah. we have to learn Interesting. from
2: them. I talk about the failures m- more in most of my chapters than I do about the success because I mean, and, and you can attest to it as well. We learn from our failures yeah. more than we learn from the success. So, Absolutely. those are the things I wanted to share. I wanted to let them know like, no, <laughs> I get vulnerable. I get scared. I second-guess myself. I make mistakes. There's times I don't control my emotions, even as an adult. And so, yeah, so they can identify it. And, and what I want for the reader to see is to, to say, hey, somebody is experiencing the same thing I'm experiencing. Yeah. And so now when they can, you know, when the reader reads this, there's no excuse on not to move forward. Because they can say, Let's, look what this young man has done for himself. And I'm out here making excuses on why I can't do it. And he's experiencing the exact same things I'm experiencing. So, relatable. Yeah, it's very our Relatability
1: is Absolutely. so important. And knowing that audience you talked about, too. And, and regardless, just you know, adding value to Absolutely. someone else. Absolutely. That's what we've been talking about today, too. Um, amazing. So you already shared some tidbits. So you have to check out the book for more of those. Yes. Um, and also, you are launching a podcast soon. This is true.
2: This is true. I'm entering the podcast world, everyone. So... I understand the attention span of our generation, and I'm guilty of it as well. So I do have the book as a tangible, but I also have uh, another outlet for for my message, and that's the podcast. And the name of this podcast is called The Professional Athlete. And what I'm doing with this show is I'm interviewing ex-collegiate and professional athletes who are now successful in other careers. So what I want to do is highlight the ones that we don't hear about because it's it's oftentimes we hear about all the great athletes, the Kobe Bryans, the LeBron James, which is they're rock stars. They're doing remarkable things in the community, but there's also others that just don't have that platform to yeah. kind of show it because what I want the athlete to experience, the future athlete to say, "Hey, yes, I love this sport." And I may make it all the way to professional and I may not, regardless of whatever the outcome is, I'm going to be able to have a successful transition because I'm going to be uh, uh, listening to all of these other people's story who's came up before me. And they're gonna give me the blueprint. They're gonna give me the cheat code on what I need to do yes, to move. Yes, the cheat code. Exactly. I love that. Exactly.
1: I love the mission, and that was one of the things we bonded about talking to. And I think, you know, there's a stereotype almost out there, right? That like, oh, the athlete was just this and they don't do anything else than that, or they're not smart, or they can't do that. So I love what you're doing by breaking that not only a stereotype, but giving practical advice, oh, you know, for others that are going through the same situation. Absolutely.
2: And if you know my I would love to dr- address the dumb jocks. Stereotype. So it's not that we're dumb, people. The problem is athletes are great with having what is called tunnel vision, meaning that we realize how hard it is to become an elite athlete. So we set out a lot. We, we move a lot of things away from us so that we can have laser focus on this one goal. Now, the caveat to that is because we block out so many other things that, we, that are beneficial to our experience, when, it, when that time comes where we have to, like I said, turn off the lights, put your cleats away, we robbed ourselves from all of those other tangibles and experiences, and then that's why you t- tend to see uh, an athlete having a hard time adjusting. And so that's what my mission is to, like I said, shed with the athletes is, while you think you may have been in tunnel vision, you are actually collecting valuable tangibles on your process, here they are, and I'm going to point them out for them, and be like, this is how you go use them, find your new dream, and apply them.
1: I love that, and I really appreciate you addressing that, and I think it's so important, and there's a lot of positivity, actually, in that, because that tunnel vision, right, like staying focused, and really, there's so many benefits to that, too, so I love not only that, but how you're transitioning and helping show athletes how, not only athletes, but people in general, but, you know, especially the athlete, how they can move forward, you know, with those things that might not be as familiar Absolutely. and feel comfortable and know that they're not the only ones going through that. Absolutely.
2: Yes. No, you're, you're, you're hitting in, uh, the nail on the head. And and that's what I think sometimes lack with the athlete and the disconnect between the athlete and, you know, just people in, in, in regular society. Uh, i give you a perfect example. And... Um, this is just to shed light on the, on the discipline athlete. I remember when I was in college and when I was uh, playing professional, it was myself and a, and a small group of others, we would wake ourselves up early, like 5, 6 in the morning to go work out without being told to do so, to go watch film. That's a discipline, that's a muscle that you're working. And so what I need the athlete to learn is you use that same type of grit, that same type of discipline to apply that to if you wanted to start your own business or if you wanted to get into a new industry. The problem is, it's funny, it's like when once we're done with the sport, it, we don't sometimes always apply uh, the same thing that got us yeah. to the level that we got on the sport. That's so,
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I think, wow, athletes actually have a huge advantage compared to the rest of the population where you are on that regimented schedule. You have to get up. You have to you know, have that yeah. mental toughness, I call it, but to discipline yourself and do that. And maybe those days you don't want to get out of bed, but you got to do it. You got to do
2: it. Listen, I was so disciplined in in high school. I I give you a perfect example. And I wrote about it in the book. So I struggled with school. Um, Unfortunately, I had a learning disability. Well, not really, unfortunately, I just learned differently. Uh, It wasn't the traditional way that we were taught in school. So, but if I get bad grades, I can't play sports and I love sports. So what I did every day, I studied at my coach's house every day and I remember my coach (laughs) and I didn't I didn't understand it then because I was younger and I didn't understand the significance of it but I remember it was uh, the national championship was on on television And everyone else was at my coach's house watching the game, and I was in a back room studying. And my coach actually said, hey, if you want to take a break and watch it, you can. But I knew that if I didn't pass this test or submit these papers on time, I wasn't going to be able to play. And I said, never mind, I want to finish this. And I think it was weeks later, my coach, he kind of just put his hand on my shoulder and gave me that look like I'm proud of you. And he kind of mentioned to me what I did, but I didn't see how remarkable. I was like, no, I gotta get this done. Now that I'm over older, you know, 15, 16 years later, I saw the significance in it because I apply it now. When all of my friends wanna go out and hang out, I'm sitting down researching. I'm learning how to perfect my craft and get better at what I'm doing. And I'm like, wow, that is a skill. I adapted at age 15, 16.
1: I love that. I love that. And all of these tools are inside of us. It comes full circle. So I love this. You've shared so many amazing nuggets with us today. Um, And I think there's so much more, obviously, that we can learn. Um, So my question is, where do we find out more about you? Where can people get the book? Yes,
2: yes. So, um... All of my social media uh, handles are Jabari K. Smith. My Instagram is Jabari underscore K underscore Smith. My Facebook is just regular Jabari uh, K. Smith. And so is my Twitter. You can find my book, Life's Playbook, 11 Plays to Success, on Amazon. And I will be launching the Professional Athlete uh, late June. And that will be under the professionalathlete.com.
1: Love it. So don't forget all of these amazing resources at your fingertips. Jabari, thank you so much for sharing the amazing knowledge with us today. All the great things you've learned in life on and off the field. And we look forward to seeing all your progress to come.
2: Thank you, Allison. Thanks for having me. And I hope that uh, you invite me to be on your show
0: again. Yes, we love it.